Hey everyone, it is Tom Kradza, and on this episode, I sit down with Mike DeZormo and Dan Yarnovich, where we discuss real estate and Dan's path. He was a Rockstar member who has then gone on to get his real estate license and joined the Rockstar team here to help other investors. And he has a really interesting story of what he's what his career looked like, looked like in the past and what it's looking like now. And he shares with us how he tracked down different properties, the cash flow numbers on the different properties, where he purchased the properties, what he did to the properties, and the experiences that he had on that whole process. And the reason I find this really interesting is we continually meet different people right across the greater Toronto area who throw their hands in the air saying it's just impossible to invest in real estate. The prices are too high. You can't make any money doing it. And I really believe that you just don't have all the information if you're thinking that way. And what I appreciate about Dan is that he doesn't have to come on here and share some of his, you know, the lessons and experience that he's been through and maybe some of the fears that he's overcome to, to accomplish putting together a real estate porf- portfolio, but he has. And this is where I feel we can all learn from each other right here in this area locally, one Canadian sharing with another Canadian. And if you're picking up information while you're listening to this, walking the dog, having a run, riding your bike in the car, I really believe this is one of the easiest things that you can do to pick up information from other Canadians who are actually doing things. So I'm very appreciative to Dan and Mike for sitting down and sharing this experience. Mike, who has been on our team forever, is the author of the book, Wealth Won't Wait, where he has documented tons of experiences of real estate investors that he's worked with. The book gets great reviews. It's available on Amazon. So they're both here to share these experiences. And if you're looking to get into this yourself and you want some more information, Mike's book is a great place to start. And we have three different books all available on rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books, including the most popular of the series that we've put out called Income for Life. That book has been downloaded over 100,000 times now. And you can get a free copy of that book by going to rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's it with the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, we are live with Michael DeZormo. Mike DeZormo. I don't know why I said Michael. I think I always say that because it's Michael William DeZormo. We are live with Mike DeZormo and Dan Yarnovich, but it's in English it would be Yarnovic, Dan Yarnovic, and uh, we were having some tequila. It's about 10.38 in the morning. I don't know why we're having tequila this early. But we started out as a joke, and then we said, okay, actually, Dan, this is your fault. We had the tequila because you brought it up, and then we poured it and said we'll just sip it through the episode. One shot. We'll just nicely sip and enjoy it. Dan, was that not the agreement? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, that that was the agreement. And now, I don't know, if you're listening to this, you can't see this, but Mike's glass is empty. You just said you're just going to get over with and you shot down this tequila while me and Dan are politely just sipping it, dude. Mike downed it. Nice tequila. And Dan, you heard Tom say, you know, can you get uh, a couple more cases of that tequila, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Cheers, So in a case, I think there's 12. Yeah, 24 bottles. (laughs) (laughs) You're making it sound like a drinking lot. Dude, that's good. We have a Christmas party coming up. There's things. But you know what the best part is? He never paid me for the last six bottles. (laughs) No way. Did I know? <laughs> no. Oh my God. 
on. I totally forgot to pay you. <laughs> so yeah, just get me another no, two cases. The checks sure. in the mail, probably. <laughs> yeah, when they're free, why not? Right? Hey, I'm, no, su- I'm surprised you didn't say, can you get me another 10 yeah. cases since you're giving no, them away for free? I knew I enjoyed this tequila. <laughs> I knew I enjoyed this. This is tastes amazing better, tequila. Tastes better when it's free. free Absolutely. Free Don Julio 1942. That's the best tequila I've ever had. Holy smokes, man. This is, and you chill it, it's even better. Free chill tequila? This <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so yeah, dude. Yeah, I know. Still order the two cases. Okay. But just for anyone listening, this dude, that's for the office, some for me, some for Nick. Yeah. And it's gonna last a little bit of time. (laughs) I don't want anyone listening to this thinking I'm drinking twenty four bottles of tequila. Oh boy. Can Um, can I put my order in too, Mike? Yeah. 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 Christmas gifts. Yeah. If anyone else out there listening needs free tequila, just email Mike. (laughs) Oh geez. Okay, so um Dan, we wanted to jump into your story here. So, uh, you know, can we start by just telling us what is you were in the car business and now you're in the real estate business? How did that transition go? Can you just give me a bit of background about? I don't think I know everything about your past life in the car business. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's 1996. I actually got into the car business. So a long time ago. Um, started in sales and then for the last 18, 17, 18 years, actually I've been a vehicle wholesaler. So I'm not a used car salesman, as you say, Tom, it's a a vehicle wholesaler. Oh, really? Yeah. I think used car salesman just sounds that much classier. (laughs) So uh, So you would go to the Milton auctions? Yeah. Milton auction, Brampton auction, buy trade-ins from the dealerships, uh, trade. And so deal between dealers, different dealers. and, And that, that's the majority of the job. That's what it was. And I was on my own, so just like a, a one-man show, so to speak. And, and how and, does that process work? If I give a trade-in at a dealership, yeah. then the dealer takes that to one of these auctions? So, no. So, the dealer can take it to the auction, yes. but Or they call guys like myself, and we would bid the vehicle on the phone. They would describe it. We'd bid it. Uh, okay, so that's what's going on when I'm waiting because they're like, okay, give me the de- details. They go out yeah. and look at it. Then they're like, I'm just going to make a couple calls. They're calling someone like you. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So they call three or four guys like us and then high, highest bid gets the car in most cases. Uh, yeah. Then we take the car and then we deal with it between auctions or other colleagues that would sell cars in between other dealerships. Uh, could go to a franchise store, could go to a, a B lot, like a small, uh, small used car lot. Um, and that's what the business was really. So that's like wholesale. That's the term. And when you say could go to a small used car lot, that's because the person on the phone who bid the highest owned a, a small used car lot. Correct. And then if that car, I'm just thinking about my wife had an old Kia Sportage. It was, I think 11 or 12 years old. The thing was perfect by the way, when we traded it in, yep. it was like the biggest thing that I didn't want to trade in. I think we got a total of $4,000 for it, yep. maybe 3,500 bucks. Yeah. T- today you might've got six. Yeah, today I feel like I would have got 60 the way the car industry is. But I think we got like 3500 bucks. So that would sit on a used car lot somewhere as an example. And someone would find that because the used car lot owner would put it on auto trader and just start advertising the car. Like how, that's how this business works? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So it, for, for the small B lot, we call it a B lot. So he, he's a business and he's advertising his vehicles, whether he's selling 20, 30, 40 or 50 cars on the lot. He needs to fill his shelf. His shelf is buying these trades. And yeah, he puts it on the auto trader, Kijiji, wherever it may be, and just advertises the car that way. And uh, yeah, and sells it. So the risk is just carrying that. In. Sometimes I think we're so lucky to be in the real estate business because we don't carry inventory. Like we're not buying all the properties that we're selling. Right. It's kind of ridiculous when you think of it. Yeah. But that business, you actually have the risk of making 
improper decisions and buying a Kia Sportage that you just know isn't going to turn over. So I guess your whole business would come down to understanding which cars turn over the fastest? Not really on the fastest because every car has a price. So a car is worth what it's worth. So you buy it correctly, you sell it, and you, you move on to the next one. Um, so it's not about how fast it sells. You just buy it correctly and every car sells. You just need to buy it correctly and move it to the right spot. And then what would be an exciting call from for you from a dealer? What would be one like, whoa, I'm bidding on this thing for sure? Yeah, um, good question. But I bid on everything. So it, it, as a wholesaler, you, you bid on everything. So whether it's a, a 200K Honda Civic or whether it's a, a 20K GMC pickup truck or Honda Accord that's, you know, three years old. It doesn't matter. You, because your business is done on just volume. It's volume-based. You're bidding on everything. Now, the extreme high-end cars, maybe I wouldn't focus on, uh, you know, Ferrari. That's not, that wasn't my deal. I wasn't comfortable with that. And it's a bigger price tag, of course. So I would deal with bread and butter cars. And every guy would have his, his, uh, his, his, uh, his I guess, his, his focus. He, he would pick his focus. So my focus was bread and butter vehicles. And that's what I focused on. Um, some guys would just focus on the higher end cars and that's what they wanted. So that's how it works. It's different. Okay. And then yeah. the bread and butter vehicles, I just, you've said this before and always reminds me a mic of starter homes mm-hmm. because of what we learned in the real estate market with our family, almost losing everything in 1990 and how we were able to benefit from that knowledge to, because we understood, wow, starter homes are really powerful because they're always in demand. Yeah. You know, in good times or in bad times, there's always demand for the starter home market. So that was a really good lesson. And then when I hear you say that, I always think, oh, wow. So in your space, there is a similar type of thing. And that was what, the Honda Accord? Oh, yeah. You can't beat a Honda or Toyota. <laughs> so a Toyota Camry? Any, no. any Toyota, any Honda, which includes in your Acura, your, your uh, Lexus, those cars are bulletproof. Um, they pull extreme money in, in every case, especially today. Um, yeah, they sold right away. Yeah. I'll second that because right now you guys know Sarah and I are looking for new vehicles because we have another little one on the way and both our vehicles currently accommodate four people, but we need three child seats. So we're looking for a six seater. When we're pulling up to car lots, the guys are coming out, taking photos of our VIN and asking how many kilometers we have on our vehicles. No. Yeah. Because they want our vehicles. They have no inventory. So much like the housing market. the gates behind you. You're not <laughs> yeah, getting out exactly. of here. We yeah. are by, you're walking yeah. home. It's we like, are buying this car. Yeah. <laughs> They have no inventory, just like, you know, what we're battling with, uh, with houses right now. And they're so interested in our vehicles. The, the I, you know, well, this, this Tesla, when I took it off the lot, the, they were saying that I, the moment I take it off a lot, as opposed to the price going down, they were telling me you could probably, and they were just guessing, Dan, you would probably know better than I do. They, they were saying, you know, we think you could probably just sell it immediately and get more than you paid us for it. Like it's you can, down. you can, there's a, a colleague of mine that just bought one similar to yours. And he has, if, if he transfers that order to the next guy, he has apparently 15 grand profit today on that car. As yeah. long as he doesn't take delivery, he has to transfer the order directly to the next person. And he has 15 grand profit. Whoever thought that this would even be happening yeah. like it, this is insane it should yeah. not be happening but it is happening <laughs> it is yeah. yeah so your colleagues in the industry now just have nothing to sell yeah it's a very it's a very small shelf yeah it's less and less so new vehicles for example um uh, one of the gm guys that deal with so a fleet deal normally you can do a fleet deal if you're in the past buying buying fleet vehicles today they won't do that you you ha- if you can buy it at msrp there's no deal 
mm-hmm. and they're doing that because there's a shortage. And plus, if they give up that fleet deal, they don't get the order for the next vehicle because they've given up a fleet deal. If they get if they sell it to a retail buyer, quote quote, then they get the order. They can replace that order, I should say, with another vehicle from the factory. But if they do it on a fleet, they cannot get that car replaced. So they got one less vehicle to sell to a retail customer. That's what's happening. There's all kinds of crazy stuff happening now. You know, I went through that yeah. the other day. Yeah, what was Lexus. your... Yeah, what did you do? So one of my brother-in-laws, well, a couple of them work at uh, the Toyota plant. So with uh, the employee number, I can go in as a, a, a family member and get a... It's cost plus 800 bucks. I hope I'm able to disclose that. That's yeah. not a problem. Yeah. It's yeah. out there now. It's out there. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Canada. So marry, marry someone uh, whose relative works in, in one of these de- uh, manufacturers. Yeah, but it didn't work for you. It didn't. So the sales manager came out. So the sales guy was fine. I'm like, okay, we're going to do the uh, Lexus GX. Uh, here We picked everything out. The sales manager then comes over and says, okay, yeah. So um, you can pay retail and probably get this in four to six months. Or if you want to go with this little piece of paper that you have and pay, pay $800 above cost, you may be w- waiting for over a year. Yeah. They have no incentive to sell to me. They want to sell to the retail, make the four, three, four grand as opposed to the $800. And I think I can't blame them. Yeah, like if yeah, I'm running I, a business and you walk in, I know, if you walk in with a big smiley face on saying, hey, look, I'm going to make 800 bucks over your over your acquisition cost. I'd be like, come on, the bottom of the list, man. Yeah. Even if they took that order, yeah. you're slipping to the bottom of the list. Let's face it. Yeah. Even if they told yeah. you you weren't, you're yeah. slipping to the bottom of the list. Because <laughs> exactly, on retail, yeah. I don't know what they make, but it's obviously several thousand. Correct. Yeah. And then they're going to look at your 800 bucks and say, sorry, yeah. dude. Or you're just going to get the worst color in the world that they yeah. can't sell. Here's the worst. Lexus, Mike. Here's a Lexus with cloth interior, Mike. Here you go. So then, Dan, how does the auctions work? You would sometimes go to the auctions to acquire and to sell, or yeah, right, yeah, both, yeah, both. Okay, yeah. There's deals there for both. Yeah, just like a house, you look for a deal or whatever. I mean, you go to the auction, you can find a deal that you need for yourself, or you're just filling an order that you need to fill. Um, In my case, I was mainly selling at the auctions because I'd buy from the dealerships. And you had a lot somewhere to store these cars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, here in Oakville, not far. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So you would park these things on the lot. So if I traded a trade-in like my wife's Kia, yeah. then you would come to the dealer and pick it up? Yep. You yeah. pay them via check? Sorry, yeah. I just want to understand yeah. how this works. Yeah. So you show up with a check. Yeah. I have my old plates on the car. How do you get it to your so lot? A dealer plate. So dealer plate to drive it over to your lot. Yeah. So okay. the, yeah, they take the plates off. We don't take your plates. Okay, yeah, I don't even know what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah, those are yours. Okay. They go on your next car. See how little I know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's how They it go on your next car? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I've always paid for new plates. Well, you can do that too, sure. Yeah. And do yeah. these auctions have a minimum? Have you ever picked up a, a car for a steal just because, I don't know, it was a quiet day that day? Yeah, or is there yeah. a minimum? Yeah, it's an auction. Car's worth what someone's willing to pay for it for. Wow. So yeah. have you seen any crazy steals? Yeah, there's 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 deals. Like, I've, I've made huge home runs at the auction on cars. I, mean, I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. How much I oh, good. <laughs> well, no, that's life. Wow. That's okay. just... A, 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 um, it's great. I, yeah. I, I've taken cars and literally paid 10 grand and you take them to the auction and get 15. I mean, wholesale. So okay. there's been some big hits. And there's not always like that. It's few and far between. It's not... It, but it happens. And just like anything, cars car is worth what someone's willing to pay. So if you got two... Got, you, all you need is two people bidding at the auction and it keeps on going. And then you get the attitudes and I want to buy it. I want to win it. Yeah, and then the then egos then kick in. The ego. So, so th- these auctions, the way it works is you need to have cash to pay, right? No. You're not using no, credit so at these, the are, these are dealers. These are, this is a dealer auction. So dealers buy it and dealers put it on their credit and buy it or pay for it by check. Same, it's a business. It's just like any business. You either have a credit a line of credit or you pay for it by check. 
Um, so these dealers have lines of credit with the auctions? With the auctions. Yeah. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah with the auctions. Okay. Yeah. And they have to just true up on that line of credit every once in a while? Yeah, well, yeah. Depending on the size of the dealer, they'll have, every month you got to pay it, yeah. It's like anything. What are you doing to purchase that vehicle? Like you're seeing it at an auction. Is it like being driven by, stopped? Is it just parked there, uh, no keys in the car? You don't even get to turn on the engine? Like what's happening? Yeah, so, yeah, good question. So outside you have, it's a big lot. So if you picture a Walmart parking lot and uh, all the vehicles are parked there and then they run through the lane. So you can look at it in advance to check out your car that you're looking at, you're thinking of buying or the many you're thinking of buying because it's you're just filling your shelves. Then it comes through a lane. So in Milton, you'd have 16 garage doors and it'd be 16 lanes of cars lined up that go through the auction. Some of them would be double blocked. So you'd have 16 lanes of auctioneers going crazy on the, on the mic. Sometimes two cars in, in, if you picture a garage, so 16 garage doors and the mics are going, it's loud. It's got to be chaos. You got to be running from lane to lane if you see two cars that you you might want, right? Yeah. And you miss cars. And that's why people, hands are flying, they're bidding. It's it's excitement. It's interesting. It's But the cars are all running and moving. Yes, they are. So you know they can actually move. Yeah. You got the carbon monoxide coming in. You're inhaling it. (laughs) It's fantastic. Oh my God. And how many guys like you are there at one time? It's 800. Depending on the auction, a thousand. Yeah. That's a lot of people. Okay, so my 1989 Ford Thunderbird yeah. with tint and light covers and a bra, had a bra on it. <laughs> it broke down on Rathburn Road in Mississauga and the guy who towed me home, I just said, hey, you know what? How much you want for this car? Just keep it on the tow truck and keep driving. And I think he gave me 50 bucks and I signed yeah. the ownership and it just went, because like I had been through so much, that car was done. What did he do with that car? Did he sell that for parts? The transmission broke. Yeah, so in that case, probably. Yeah, it's at the bottom okay. of a pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just dumped that thing. Okay. Today, so you can, you can sell cars for parts. Too. Yeah, today scrap is paying 800 even even 1000 for a scrap car today. Who's paying 800 Sorry. Scrap, scrap yards. Scrap yards will yeah. pay 800 to to 1000 Can yeah. anyone pull up to a scrap yard and just say, here's my old car, give me 1000 bucks? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Oh, man, it, I know it's so up, little. I know it's nothing up, about it's this up world. To, it's up to them if they want to pay you, but to dealerships, they'll pay us 800 900 1000 per car. Depending on the weight, the size of it, obviously a big, heavy pickup truck is going to pull more than a small Honda Civic, right? Um, but yeah, they're paying, and because of them, it's the market. There's no cars, so even the scrap guys need cars. They need, they need, they need parts, so Got they it. pay. Holy yeah. smokes! Okay, so you do this for 1996 until just like a year ago. And then now you're working with us here at Rockstar. Why the, why the, tra- we're going to talk about your investment properties, but I'm just curious, why the transit, why the transition? Yeah. Um, so good question. So in the car business for 26 years, time flies by in the last like 17, 18 was wholesale. So on my own, I was working, working, it was my own business, but I wasn't actually, I was making money, but I wasn't building my net worth the way I wanted to. I wasn't making actually an, I was making good living, yes, but I wasn't developing myself properly. I, I didn't feel comfortable. And I always felt just worried, I guess, right? So I just wasn't I wasn't comfortable. And we always talk. W- worried about what? Well, money. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. sorry, money. Yep, yeah. money. Just always worry about money, not having that, that, that freedom or not having the, the, the security. So security, I guess, maybe is a better answer to it. And then as I'm looking for vehicles and driving around doing my car business stuff, I always find myself... I was always on MLS, always. And maybe it's, maybe it's a fault for the car business because I was spending so much time on the computer. But I always look at and talk to friends and, and stuff, look at this house, look at that house, look what you can do with it and stuff like that. So I was always 
looking at MLS. So, so I, I guess with me, yeah, I was just always looking for that next thing to find myself, to make myself more comfortable, if that makes sense. No, totally. Yeah. And then so before you get your real estate license and join us, you come cr- uh, cross paths with Rockstar you start working with Mike to buy properties. That's from the, for the same reason. You were just like, I'm going to add assets into my life. Yeah. So, I felt, yeah. So, well, during my search on MLS and looking at these houses, I was always looking at stuff, what I can do, right? So I found Rockstar at that time. This is probably 2014, 2015 that I found. Oh, wow. Is that Maybe you told me and I forgot. Yeah. Okay. I'm He's, not sure if I ever did, actually. Okay. He's yeah. been a four-year creeper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, look at these rock star guys. It's 2014. I'm going to check them out for a solid five years. Yeah. I'll, hey, well, listen, we've had someone on our email list uh, for 10 years and they came in and they said, listen, I first started getting your emails, totally thought you guys were a scam. Didn't even know what to make of you guys rock star. What is this rock star bullshit? What is this business? And uh, they said, I've gotten your emails. And after 10 years, I've concluded that if you're still sending me these emails, you're probably legit. (laughs) So they joined on and started working with us. So you don't have the record. You don't have the record for kind of creeping us online. Okay, so you I'm check the lower level of the record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you, you you came across us and then eventually decide to like join up with our membership. Yeah, well, after so four years, approximately four years went by, and I see people making money with real estate and flips. I was interested in flips big time. Um, always, want, I didn't have the balls to do it. I was afraid. Just I was afraid, afraid of losing. I didn't know what happened. Do I? buy it do i renovate it then i have to keep it and i can't afford my house this house and then family we have small kids at the time and still now so it was just a fear and then we decided with my in-laws we bought a cottage so before joining up with rockstar we bought a cottage on wasaga beach gorgeous view of the water from the back awesome. but we had a cottage behind us but we had a view of the water over the cottage behind us it was awesome but we were renting it so driving up 400 and we were renting to go meet the people to meet them see who they were you know as a kid kind of like airbnb style yeah but not yeah but on, on, on our own okay yeah i got so it so Kijiji ads yep. go up meet them by we you mean you i assume my well me yeah i was doing everything but my yeah. i would send my father-in-law up sometimes to meet them collect yeah. the money or i would do it if he was busy doing stuff yeah and uh yeah i say that only because every time i call dan well it's not every time but i'm like hey dan what are you doing well i'm at one of my rentals and i'm planting trees <laughs> or the greatest one yet best landlord ever dan wins this he hung christmas lights for one of his tenants no at one did of his you? rentals yeah i did oh my god you are such a nice person yeah and she busts my balls to this day for everything the, yeah i know it was a mistake nick and i used to drop off <laughs> gifts every christmas to tenants because you set the bar so high yeah. like what landlords only hanging up down. christmas lights that's what yeah. we learned we learned the hard way when we yeah. were younger we were so intimidated by tenants we were giving them gift baskets and doing all these wonderful things and they were great people but we set the bar so so high that if one christmas we kind of slipped or missed or it wasn't as good as last Christmas. You're just looked upon as like bad, you know? So uh, it never really works. We kind of got out of that practice. I think I am as well. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, I cut you off. You're going back and forth, screening yeah. these tenants. Yeah, so screening the tenants and doing this cottage stuff. And then I, I built a retaining wall. I think that was the icing on the cake. I built a retaining wall at the cottage. Stones, like a serious retaining Keyword, wall. He did. Yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah. Probably elevated my hernia doing that yeah. as well. But, but uh, I, I did a great job. And that was the icing on the cake. And I listened to you guys at that time, all these podcasts and, and all this stuff the male stuff coming in and 
And then the light bulb goes off. Maybe as I'm laying the stone, I'm like, what am I doing wrong here? <laughs> so, we don't tell anyone to build retaining walls. <laughs> no, I realize that. Hey, listen, you want to get into real estate? We're going to have a class on retaining wall 101. Here's how you lift the stones off the ground. I think I could teach that class. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so fine. So at this point, you were a member and you were getting our emails. No, oh, you're still not a member. No, you're just getting no. our emails yeah, and that kind of stuff. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was okay. emails. Just emails. I'm assuming there were some flyers at the time, but it was emails mainly. And that's when the light bulb went off. Like, what am I doing here? Um, meeting these tenants, driving up the 400, doing the, uh, the retaining wall and picking up sticks and whatnot after them and their beer bottles. And uh, that's when we sold the cottage. And I, that's when I signed up with Rockstar. Um, after I sold the cottage, that's when I met Mike. Um, well, I met you as well, Nick, at that time, and then Mike. Um, and that's how it happens. That's how I got into Rockstar and that's how the real estate thing started for us. So we sold that cottage and when I look back at it, I didn't need to sell the cottage, I guess, but I thought I needed that money to continue. Um, but it's better I sold it. Sure. Yeah. Give yeah. you a little bit of a safety net. So yeah. then you meet Mike. Um, and then what happens? You start, Mike, you start going down and you, you know, you have an initial one-on-one -on -one with us here at Rockstar. You might go through some of your background and goals. And then you start going to different cities. Is that what happened next? I think I think we started looking. Yeah, did we start looking. Yeah, we went pretty much right away. Yeah, yeah. And what did you guys buy? Yeah, and then I think it was one day I'm driving on the highway and I called you up, and yeah. Dan's very calculating and methodical. <laughs> and I said, Dan, you haven't seen this property, and you're not going to see it because we don't have time. But I think you should buy it. Yeah, that's yeah. See how and we how, do how things do here at Rockstar. <laughs> hey, Dan. You know what? I hope you trust us a lot because how, what was the property price roughly? It's probably like six hundred grand or no, something. It was four. I remember four thirty-five. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay, that's back in the day. That's a solid eighteen months ago to two years ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> four hundred and thirty. So, hey, I'm going to spend four hundred thirty thousand dollars of your money right now. You get ready. Yeah. It, how did that conversation go at home? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a long one. Yeah. Uh, um, well, because you guys went in firm. There was no home. Like you were literally buying this thing sight unseen. No, that time we had inspection. I oh, think okay. we did inspection. We had inspection. Oh, there was okay. conditions we squeezed on that this thing? Through. Oh, yeah, I don't know okay. how. That's easy. Yeah, I'm trying I to remember, remember that. I think we we did have an inspection. I was, in, okay. I was in there because that's the time I seen the house when I did okay. the inspection. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we had an inspection. Okay. That's good that Mike's not just selling you any yeah. old thing. You actually saw it. Yeah. Nope. We see. <laughs> well, after I put, after, excuse me, after the deal was done, I see. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, so we, uh, yeah, I lost my frame of thought, Tom, but, um, we've seen it with, with the, with the inspection. Um, what was your question? Just what is that? Was that a duplex, a single family rental? Like yeah. what, what, what were you it, trying to get? It him was like? a semi in a really, really good rare area of St. Catharines that yeah. we can hardly ever get into. Okay. Um, so a nice area, a nice community in St. Catharines, yeah. semi detached. You were thinking as a, just a straight single family rental. Correct. Yeah. And that, is that what it operates as? Unfortunately, um, even though we were the winning offer on that property, the sellers had a condition that they would only sell if they were able to find a property. Oh, got it. So unfortunately, they weren't. We had to get released from the deal, and then we moved on from there. The, the problem with that one was we had a second offer shortly after. Um, if I, remember, I don't know if you remember Tanera Crescent. I'll never forget this. That was a big back split. And uh, I canceled that deal because this deal was still going on and I was afraid. Oh, and you lost the back. Because yeah. big back splits are so good. Exactly. And But it was a huge reno to do a duplex. And I, I was I didn't get it. I was green. I didn't understand to spend at that time like 100 grand on a, on a construction. I was like, what? 
(laughs) What are you doing, Mike? Yeah. And so we canceled the second deal and the first deal fell apart shortly after, but we didn't know how that was going to go. So, but then we continued, um, we continued and got, um, the one in St. Catharines, a bungalow, single family. Uh, we paid a little over asking, uh, that one was 461. We paid for that one. Predominantly uh, turnkey, single family. You put a family in there. Then we went after the other one in Brantford. Brantford was I'd next, say, yeah. Uh, Golden Goose. Yes. So before we go to that one, uh, Ga- that one in St. Catharines, that's the one I hung Christmas lights at. <laughs> Got it. Because you wanted to be the great landlord and show how much you cared and stuff. <laughs> good for yeah, you, man. Exactly. That's good. Hey, we've all been there. Yeah. Everyone's got to go through their own journey. That's fine. <laughs> Did you that's do Halloween good. decorations a couple of days ago? I passed that. No, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. No, that's good. No. Okay. But so, I, was, I was there. She decorated quite nicely. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Done very well. She didn't put up Christmas yeah, yeah, lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's doing <laughs> Halloween decorations. Oh gosh. <laughs> Um, okay, so then you're in Brantford, and yeah. what do you buy in Brantford? This is a single family as well. Yeah, church uh, gives up a pro- a church puts a property up for sale. I'm I, I'm until like I, I think it was like six seven years ago. I didn't know that some churches own a lot of real estate, and this particular- outside the church property itself. Correct. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that single either. family homes that okay. they themselves are renting out. Oh. Yeah. So this particular church sold off this one property that was in need of significant updates, and then I'll let you carry on from there, Dan. Yeah, that house was uh, tough, tough, tough. But when I seen it, it was the gold. It was gold, it was in my eyes mint because it has two front doors. So it's an old bungalow on one side, and the second side is a side split that they added in addition. So the bungalow was built in like the fifties. The side split addition they built in the late seventies. So it looks like a side split when you look at it, but it's done at two different times. Oh wow! For that reason, you got two front doors. So I split the house right in half. So the bungalow side is is the bungalow side. And then the side split side is the other unit. So you have three bedrooms on the left side. And on the right side, you have two bedrooms on the top and one in the basement. Oh, wow. So you have two three-bedroom units in one house. Yes, with two front doors. Was there two kitchens or did you have to build a kitchen? No, we it, no, there's one kitchen. But we pretty much gutted half of the house. Um, it's all new. So you spent like a hundred grand that you no, did a lot of work there. I spent 214,000. Okay. 214. Yeah. And you were fearless then. Cause that's now you went from thinking spending a hundred grand is a lot to spending yeah. 214. This is, yeah. The quote came in at 150 when we did the quote and then it, it escalated up to 214. But the reason why is also me, it's partly my fault. I can't blame technically the contractors for this. Um, I did it kind of how I would want to live in it if I was living there. So I did black windows, black downspouts, black roof, black soffits. I made a new siding where, where you needed siding. So I made the house very modern, very cool. Nice. Uh, for, for that reason, I've got good tenants in there all the time. Um, so paid, you bought that roughly for how much? Uh, we paid 412. 412, you put 214 into it. Yes. So now we're at like 600 and change. Yeah. And does the math work on this particular property? It does. So this house was also completely financed. I used my home equity to put the down payment down and the actual and construction cost. Okay, so it's a zero down type of home. This is a zero down home. With the zero down home, I'm at the numbers when I did this, like yep. six months, well, when the tenants were inside there, um, it's 1391 profit. I'm getting 2300 on the left side, 2300 on the right side for rent. Wow. So I have basically $1,400 profit, a net profit after I pay the water bill, taxes, the insurance. Um, Oh, good for you, man. You, you, you earned that one to do that. You earned that one to go through that kind of reno being, not having experience at doing this. Good for you. This was a lot of work. Yeah. This is a lot of work on me. And how long ago did you buy that property? uh, That was done. uh, Well, COVID. So 
I took two houses at the beginning of COVID. Scared, very scared at that time, ironically. Looking back, it shouldn't have been. Um, so the St. Catharines one where I put the Christmas lights up and this one here, we took uh, April 28th and May 7th within a week apart, both homes. Um, Gavin quickly did a washroom and rented it for the, the uh, month later. Um, but then this one in Brantford took three months to get renoed. Um, so we went into end of September, but we got, sorry, beginning of September. So in three months, we did all this by the beginning of September, put the people in and then, and then refinanced it. So I got part of my construction cost out right away, half of my construction cost I got out right away. Um, so yeah, it was all done very quickly, but yeah, it was, it was a scary time, but it got it done. <laughs> good, good for you. What was, what was the conversations? What were you scared about? I mean, that's a big thing. Were you just scared you couldn't pull this off? Like you're doing yeah. something big here. I get, yeah. yeah. Like what was the switch from the first St. Catherine's yeah. deal where you're like, okay, this is going to be a hundred grand. I'm out to this to, other to, one. Yeah. I, yeah. Good question. I, I guess with me, like I do try and understand as much as I can. Um, as Mike knows with these, at the beginning with spread trees, I probably drove them nuts. But you totally uh, did. He called me sometimes. He's like, "Hey, Tom, can you take this guy <laughs> Dan off my hands?" Croatian man? guys in yeah, He doesn't trust me at all, man. He keeps sending me these spreadsheets, <laughs> and it's amazing how everyone has their magical spreadsheet that they've unca- they've calculated something that like, and sometimes they feel like they think they've got us. Like, yeah. oh, my spreadsheet says this. I'm yeah. like, yeah. You can actually make any property cash flow or be cash flow negative, depending on what you put in the spreadsheet. Like, you know, everyone's oh got their own formulas for this stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's also mistakes in spreadsheets. Dan, we just stuck by you, by the way. Dan, yeah. uh, Mike called me and I was yeah. like, Dan, Mike, you could do it with this guy. He seems like a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm totally joking. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you got it. So, you, you went through the spreadsheets, but the fear, yeah, like what was... What so, was, yeah, the fear, the fear for me, like when I look back at that, Fear comes even from my past with the family. Like I know my dad is an immigrant here to Canada. So my mom's not, she's born here. But the fear was always like getting stuck with real estate and getting, are you going to be stuck with it? Are you going to pay these payments? So my dad always instilled in my head, like, yeah, to work hard, but also, you know, everyone else makes money on your back, kind of, which was the wrong advice, but he, that's what he knew and that was fine. But that was instilled in me. So I was always cautious at the beginning too. I wanted to get into real estate, didn't know how. So the fear with these houses, I got, I did get past it pretty quickly, ironically, but that was always my fear of pushing me back. Like, am I going to get stuck with this stuff? Am I going to be, how am I going to, what's going to happen? Um, so that was always my fear with this, always, always. And I guess the way I got past it is with the spreadsheets for me, like figuring this stuff out and, and, and realizing that like with, the Rockstar crew, all you guys, like realizing that there's help here to help me as I push through this, um, especially with that reno with the, the contractors and so forth. So by having the confidence that I can push through it, that kind of took that push, that helped push me through. And, and I just felt confident, I'm still scared, but I, I realized that it will pay for itself. And based on the numbers and based on the rent, based on what's going on in the market, like it will pay for itself. And if the the math is the math afterwards. So I went with that. My wife is an accountant, so that helped me figure stuff out too. And we just kind of went with the numbers. I'd so. imagine she was cr- yeah, crunching the numbers and, and, and probably at some points, both of you guys might've been freaking out. Like that yeah. seems like the logical thing to do if you haven't done something before is to start freaking out a little bit when you're throwing around big numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was scared. I'd be lying if I said mm-hmm. it wasn't. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense. I agree. I think yeah. we have to weigh out too. Not only, okay, what am I going to get if I do move forward with this 
particular investment. It's like, what is my life going to look like if I don't? Because uh, you were in the car business. I, I'm sure right now the guys in your business were not doing as good as you were doing pre-COVID. Um, they might be struggling. Yeah. So it's 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 almost uh, like a security. Like, hey, if I if I don't do this, here's what I'm risking for my for me and my family with two little ones. Right. Yep. That sucks to hear that yep. there's people in the the car business who are, who are perhaps struggling right now. In, and no. Dan, so it's great that you've gone down this yeah. path, but just thinking about some of maybe your peers or your network or your industry as a whole, it just kind of sucks. It's in many businesses. And I got to tell yeah. you guys, like we, we always talk about this, how we're going to be vindicated in the future. Vilified. As, vilified. Yeah. yeah. Vindicated yeah. will be the, uh, it will be the opposite. Sorry, It'll sorry, be, sorry. Yeah. Vilified, vilified. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. might actually, sorry, yeah. Yeah. we might be vindicated <laughs> in that like we were right yeah. to own assets. Yeah. Yeah. But we will be vilified. Yeah. Vilified. Sorry, sorry. Last night, Sarah asked me, hey, when you come home, can you grab some barbecue sauce on the way? So I'm like, absolutely. So I go into the grocery store. In front of me in the line, a lady is going through, she's ringing through her items, and I don't know what was being um, uh, scanned, but she started complaining about the price. She's like, oh my God, this is three times more than I just paid, blah, blah, blah. The teller then says, yes, everything's going up. Everything here is going up. She goes, did you see the price of toilet paper? Do you see the price of paper towels? I don't go to the grocery store enough. My, my, my wife does, so I'm not monitoring these prices. All right. So the lady says, keep in context of where I am. I'm in Oakville, right? I'm not in... Yeah, fairly well off area. Yeah, 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 yeah. The lady who's, who's checking out says, I'm a single mom with four kids. How can I afford to pay this? The teller then says, Jesus. she goes, after rent... And f uh, sorry, after rent and food, I have nothing left at the end of the month. Like you hear about these things. Mm -hmm. we, 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 we can forecast mm -hmm. this happening. I saw it well, in you, front of my yeah. face last night. You've also lived these things. Mike. Yeah. We, so we, we, I, 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 I feel that I, I can talk about it because yes, I have. Um, um, absolutely. But it's, it's happening before our very eyes. And then they start commenting on gas prices as well. I'm just right. trying to get damn barbecue sauce, right? Mm -hmm. But I can sympathize and it's disturbing yeah. that I had to hear that. Cause I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear it's people uh, going yeah, through it's that. Horrible. Right. So, um, it's horrible. And also the way that the, the, the economy is understood by most of the media Instead of talking about the cause of this, which mm -hmm. is basically a corrupt financial and money system, many people will point to investors who are just doing things for their family right. and say, oh, they're part of the problem. They're driving up the real estate prices. They're doing this. And we are just talking about symptoms. The only thing that has driven someone like Dan or myself or Mike yourself to acquire assets and get into the real estate market is that our savings have been morally corrupt and that they don't go up in value and they lose value against goods. So we are forced to take risk. Like why should Dan, who's in the car industry, be forced to be looking at the real estate market as a possible answer to building financial freedom for his family? Why can't we live in a system where Dan can do what his profession has trained him to do or what, what experience he's picked up in his profession, save some money, and he's good? No one talks about that, that that's not possible. Instead, we discuss, oh, you have to take a bit of risk. You have to go into the stock market. Let's yeah. buy some mutual funds. Come and meet your advisor here at the bank. And it's all bullshit. Yeah. It's all complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. And then most people 
And I'm defending them in a way. They don't have time to study the uh, monetary system and the financial system. So they just look at things like real estate prices, car prices, toilet paper, and just point blame everywhere. But they don't understand the underlying system, the money in which basically is the foundation of an economy is being debased, devalued, whatever you want to say about it, to such an extent that everyone's looking around saying, why am I not getting ahead? It totally sucks. It does. It sucks. That's why I think it goes back to you can look at how things will be if you do buy a property or you do have uh, other streams of income coming in. But more importantly, more now than ever, I think it's very important to look at if I don't do this, what is it going to cost me? What is it going to cost my family if I don't do something? Yeah, well, just look at that. Where's my calculator? Just look at Dan's property price right now. So Dan bought that property for, uh, you bought it for 400 and something? 412. 412. What's it worth today? Roughly now I, that you've now that you've renoed it and this, what what do you think if you guys had to my, take a guess? My opinion is nine hundred. No way. Yeah, nine hundred. I can certainly say eight fifty to nine. Eight fifty yeah. to nine. Yeah. Okay, let's just start with the four twelve amount. Forget yeah. that nine hundred amount for yeah. a second, but just four twelve. Four hundred twelve. Give me an appreciation rate that everybody would accept right now in real estate. Would six be six percent sure. be too aggressive or let's go five? Five. There's no reason. So if that. we yeah. go five, if I do that. 1.05 and I do after 10 years, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. That property is 671. And after 20 years, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. That property is one, almost 1.1 million. That's just, that's just if he bought the property and didn't do anything with it. Right. Now, now you think it's worth based your, you know, your sweat equity and financial input into the property. Yeah. You think it's already worth it how much? Well, I think nine mics at eight fifty. Let's go eight seventy five. So let's, let's go, go eight seventy five yeah. and do the same thing. I, I think it's unique because of the two front doors and it adds value to it. So, so after ten years at eight seventy five, it's worth one point four million. So if you wait ten years yeah. to get into the market because you think things are too expensive now, yeah. and if things just keep appreciating at this price, and when in a debt spiral like we're in right now, I don't see how they don't. That's going to be a $1.4 million property. And again, if you're listening to this, we don't have a crystal ball. There's no way you can guarantee this. There could be a financial crisis between now and the next 10 years that change this math completely. And maybe for sure. good, for good. Yep. but that you're going to think it's too expensive today, but you yep. wait 10 years and it's 1.4 and that's at 5% depreciation. What happens if the depreciation is six or 7% mm-hmm. yeah. or like the last 10 years in the greater Toronto area, it's been 8%. Yeah. It's, it's just yep. like everything's ass backwards, yep. right? So, but Dan, that's okay. So back to the good news. So yeah. sorry, we got a, the barbecue sauce. I get the barbecue yeah, bar- sauce. Well, because yeah. that's just such a like a good summary of like what the hell's going on in yeah. the world. Yeah, because we, we 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 I guess when you hear about it, or you foresee this happening, that's one thing. When I saw it in front of my face, yeah. two middle-aged women, um, yeah. just struggling in life. It it's like it it does. It's it's disgusting. It's yeah. absolutely disgusting. Yeah, and then we're just going to talk about raising taxes to fight and everyone i'm going to say this and people are going to think i'm anti-climate but we're going to say raise taxes to fight climate change but we have two people right in our own community who are struggling to make ends and we don't know if they're struggling i'm kind of you know just assuming maybe they are based Mm -hmm. on that conversation but you know we're not addressing kind of like the here and now we can do both we can fix the climate and address here and now why are why are we like why are we ignoring one thing like we're completely yeah. ignoring one thing. Yeah. Well, let's face it too. If they just continue doing what they're doing, let's say they're middle income earners, they're going to be moving closer to poverty than moving yeah. further ahead. Even if yeah. they just continue doing what they're doing, no change in their life, mm-hmm. same income coming in, they're moving down the scale as money gets debased. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, a, it's, it's, it's the crime. But, um, 
Anyway, I'll back on to the good news. Sorry, let's switch gears there. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you you got this property, and now you think it's worth between eight fifty and nine something. That's just because there's been some appreciation over the last since COVID hit, and now that you've renovated it. Yeah. So those two things combined, are you going to refinance? The, is it possible to refinance this property? So yet? I refinanced it once already. Um, immediately when I finished the rental, because of course back then I was a little bit nervous, but all the the dollars going out. Um, so I got half of the rental back at that time, approximately half. So I financed it quickly. I, I should have waited, but ha- you know, you don't know the future. At and that, the only reason you, you say you should have waited because if you waited, you felt you would have got more out. I would have got all yeah, of it out. Yeah. Got it. If I refinance it now, there's no question. I would have mm-hmm. got all and, and more. Um, wow. But that's fine. I can still ref- it's a variable yeah. mortgage. I can do it. I can break Listen, it. Nick and I did the yeah. same thing when we, when we started with some student rentals, we refinanced them as soon as we possibly could. Yeah. And now as your financial situation changes, we have some properties we haven't refinanced in like a decade. So you're kind of like, it, it, your life changes a little bit too, It is right? what it is. There's yeah. another one I might refinance. There's a third one that we had there in, in St. Catharines that also backs on the golf course that we I renovated as well, but I didn't do a duplex. Uh, that, that one's a single family, but a gorgeous home. And that Okay, one, so that was a, like a starter home again? Um, yeah, it was single family. Okay. But it, it was, uh, it's a unique situation. It's a, it's a newer home in an old area. Well, newer home, it's built in 89. So for the area, everything else is like 1950. So this is built in 89, so it looks like a brand new home still in that area. And there's a couple of them. Um, but it backs onto a golf course in St. Catharines, so it's very nice. And uh, we bought that one cheap because it sat on the market. That was... Um, Why did it sit on the market? It was a disaster inside, too. Oh, so I, you're fearless. I look for the shit called it, It's yeah. called... The, I call them the Dan Specials. Holy when shit. When find a, a, a home... Look at this shit if it has a blue, yeah, If it has a blue tub and toilet, pink carpet, oh wallpaper... Oh, it. that's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. more, the better. Yeah. I feel that there's, there's less competition on those, right? Yeah. Well, there used to be anyway. Yeah. Um, so I, I looked, kind of looked for that stuff. Um, yeah, so that one, we cleaned it up very nicely. And, and uh, it, it went for a single family. So it's a single family inside there as well. But that home is skyrocketing. And as can well. that, the number's okay on that for you if it's just one income in the house? So it's like yeah. a single family rent. Does that cover for the cost? Two, of that? that makes 250 per month. Okay, so your positive cash flow yeah. uh, on that property. That's yeah. interesting to share. Um, because most people, we just did a class last night with new investors and I, I got to think that we got at least five questions and I think it's from people in Toronto who are saying it's impossible to get cash flow now because every property is north of a million dollars, nothing cash flows. And I would just think like, if you just look a little bit broader Mm -hmm. than maybe Toronto proper, you're surrounded by all these communities. And when rents are going up the way they are, there's cash flow to be made. Yeah, it's it, there. You have to look, but it's it's there. And is that cash flowing when you're even taking into account the work that you put in? Because I imagine you financed the contracting work to, to fix that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, but that's everything. So yeah, okay. when, when I do with these numbers, it's it's net. Um, okay. So in that and can case, you refinance that property? I can. I'm thought about it, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good for you, man. That one was unique too. I had the neighbor, uh, the neighbor two doors down built that house. He built three houses or four houses side by side. And the guy today is 74 years old. He did the rental with me. This guy's dynamite, an old Polish guy in hardcore. He, so you hired him to yeah, do the rental, but yeah. he built the house. So he knew everything about he it. He knew everything. He knew where the bad issues were to look for to correct. And he, he I, you, so he just walked up to you after you bought the house and said, Hey, it's a I built the house. Yeah. Well, kind of his daughter has the house between us so he built the house for himself built the house for his daughter then he built two extra ones they were like the side ones that they put all the leftover inventory i guess to build so he sold the two 
built the house for his daughter and himself. And his daughter, when I when I was there, she introduced herself and said, "My dad built these, and he's a contractor, and he'd love to help you work on it." So it was just she opened the door for me, and and I met him, and the guy was great. That's yeah. respectful. Yeah. Seventy four. Seventy four. Yeah. Mike, did you let did you let Dan see this property? Did he buy it sight unseen? No, no. Yeah, oh. we went through it oh, together. That was nice yeah. of you, oh, Dan. Yeah. Oh man, Mike's <laughs> coming. Or Dan, you're having yeah. a positive effect here on Mike. He's not. So, I'm just joking around. With, uh, Mike has. Uh, we have so many investors that Mike's worked with for so long that just buy properties sight unseen with Mike. But uh, absolutely, I've seen that happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Witness it. That's yeah. Right. So um, that's cool. And then now, what, yeah. you, the discussions between you and your wife, I guess things can still be scary because you're still you know, getting into this, but now you have some solid experience. Yeah. So have the conversations changed now, how you look at this thing? Yeah, they have. Um, definitely. She, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's still always going to be gray area yeah, question yeah. mark. I mean, yeah. it, it's just human nature. Um, last night we were putting in an offer for another house. And, uh, so I had a price in my head and she had a price in her head and she talked me down and we never got the house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we bid $142,000 above asking. So what was it? Where was this one? Hamilton. Hamilton. What was the list price? Six ninety nine. And, and you bid like 41. Okay. And you lost. And we lost. There was 20 offers. Wow. It was a back split. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. If you, um, yeah, we've been sharing the population numbers here in the area, and I think we're going to do a podcast just on that kind of stuff and just yeah. the population growth here is just insane. Like the supply is not even close to keeping up with the population growth. Right. And then low interest rates. And it's funny because the headlines right now are starting to talk about like how rates are going up because the bond market threw up when the Bank of Canada and our government said we're going to stop buying bonds. And everybody thinks it's good news that rates might like go up, but the rates are only going up because there's a lack of faith in our bond market. There's less bidders than there were when the, the government was buying some of the Bank of Canada was buying our bonds. So now rates are kind of trending up, not for good reasons at all. It's like less people want these bonds. There's less demand for them because our own Bank of Canada is not bidding on them and it's putting rates up. Just a crazy, crazy world. So, uh, so that is going to be a lot of talk amongst a lot of people yeah seeing those headlines and what do you feel the next 12 months will look like in regards to these threats of rate increases it'll yeah you kind of have to separate it out between fixed rates which are tied to the bond market and variable rates which are tied to the bank of canada's overnight lending rate that it directly controls so rates might go up um, the bond market if there's a lack of demand then the rates go up to attract demand so yeah, rates could go up on the bond market a little bit, but it's not for good reasons. It means nobody wants our debt. And if that continues, rates can't go up too high because we already have no money to pay for the interest on our debt. Our, our country has, we're like what, a $2 trillion economy, something around there. Our debt is like 2.2 trillion. So we're over 100% debt to GDP ratio. And the interest on our own debt, if rates go up, are going to take more of our annual tax revenues than they are now. So we will just go and run larger and larger deficits, which will create more and more debt. So you just mathematically can't let the rates go high. Otherwise, the debt spiral spirals faster. So either the Bank of Canada is going to have to step in. Not either. Rates cannot go too high. The Bank of Canada must step in and buy the bonds. It's just math. And if they step in to buy the bonds, they're going to create new money out of thin air to do it, which means all the dollars in our circulation in the economy become worth less than they are now because there's more of them circulating, which right. means hard assets that are more scarce than dollars go up in price. But then everybody will just point to real estate prices and go, oh my gosh, look what's going on in the world. But really it's our money policy. 
And that's fixed rates. Then if I trend to or discuss variable rates, the Bank of Canada, if they decide that they want to raise the overnight lending rate that determines variable rates, because right now you can get a variable rate mortgage for like 1.65% or whatever it is. If, if they raise rates a quarter point soon in the next month or two, they might then say, yeah, we're going to raise them again in May. Now they have this beautiful six-month story that they can say, hey, we're ra- look, we raised rates a quarter point. And we're going to raise them again. And we have a plan to raise them another six times after that. That's where we're getting the headlines from. Mm-hmm. And I'm just calling bullshit. I call straight bullshit on that. The only way that they're going to be able to raise rates is that if inflation rips higher than it's going now. Because if inflation goes up to like, I'll use easy numbers, like a 10% number, then you can raise rates right up to like 6%. But in a world where rates are 6% and everybody would say, oh my gosh, that would be like devastating to the real estate market. They would only get that high if inflation was ripping at like 10%. They can't have rates go higher than inflation. We have too much debt in the world to allow that. So if, if, if inflation's at 10% and rates are at 6%, the real rate is 6% minus inflation. So you're actually at negative four. So it's just advantageous to hold assets because you're gaining 4%. You're paying out six, but your stuff's going up 10. You're ahead that 4%. So hard asset winner, uh, hard asset owners win again. Right, right. So like in all scenarios, I just, I can't see how they let rates rise unless it's uncontrolled and the bond market blows up. And then the policy response to that will be more money into the economy and hard asset owners are going to win again. The biggest thing I think that we all have to be careful of is that we can never bank on this appreciation or inflation. We have to buy properties for the utility value of the property, meaning what's Dan getting in rent and what are his expenses? And and if there is some risk, can you get a five-year fixed if you don't want the uncertainty of the variable rate? Fix your five-year carrying costs. You know what the rent's going to be. Rents typically do not fluctuate with property prices from all the data and analysis that we've done. And then you're buying the property for the utility value. Here's what I can get in rent. Here's what my expenses are. And if it goes up, great. If it doesn't go up, that's fine too. That's kind of the way we have to look at this kind of stuff because the real estate market is becoming monetized. And when I say that, it's becoming monetized because people... We don't know what to do to protect ourselves. So we're buying real estate as a savings account. It's almost like if you go to a bank now, they should say, hey, Mike, you want to, you're opening up a new bank account for your kids. Okay. There's a checking button and the other button has a picture of a house on it. That's your savings button. Because that's the way Canadians are looking at savings. <laughs> yeah. They're looking at checking is like my checking button. Yeah. And if yeah. I save money, I put it into real estate. So the checking should be in Spending. ice cube. Ice cube. Yeah. Like in I'm the sun, melting. Melting. Because that's yeah. what your money's yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. Keep as little. Have it at the bank. Yeah. yeah keep literally. as little money in there <laughs> yeah. as possible. So we got the ice cube in the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is where we talk about the other savings account is like stuff like Bitcoin, like a hard money. Mm-hmm. You know, put it in real estate, put some in Bitcoin. You got the best of both worlds. You got right. the you got the uh, your the current old system working to your advantage and you got a new system working to your advantage. But yeah, it's yeah. funny. That should be like the discussion. Mm-hmm. Does anyone go to the bank and open like a savings account for savings? Anyone? Can you imagine? Yeah. Can yeah. you even imagine having a discussion? Like, should should we not ask the bankers, why does it still say savings yeah, exactly. on the ATMs? <laughs> like, is this yeah. a joke? Are you guys trying to be funny? Or is this a funny joke? Yeah. Are you, is this a sarcastic thing? Are you guys yeah. poking fun at us? Yeah. Or like, what's going on? <laughs> but uh, anyway. So, um, so Dan, then what's, what's next for you now? Like now you're going to kind of, you put in an offer, so you're looking at more stuff and you'll just see where this asset base goes for you. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yep. Just continue with that. And as, as many as I can, uh, get approved for, 
continue. Was there one um, fear that you had that maybe you can articulate or think of that didn't come true or did come true? Like, was there a fear that like, I was scared of that and that did happen? Like the contractor going over budget or like, yeah. or it didn't happen. Can you reflect back on that at all? Yeah. Um, the fears, like my fears were more about the, the, the money issues and, and, you know, like not being able to pay for that kind of stuff. So none of that stuff obviously happened. And that I don't, that if, as long as you buy the home, uh, correctly based on it covering itself with rent and you, you're smart about it, it that's fine so so there were no no fears that way that happened and um, as far as contracting I mean yes the price went up but the price went up because of the way I wanted to also finish the place so I can't blame a contractor for that necessarily because I wanted a certain way as well there were some small issues but that's the natural I think with construction um, so yeah so no, the answer is no. no. Tom. And and when's the next retaining wall going to be built? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to pass no, on no that more for really. a long time. I'm going <laughs> to hire think, people from now on. Yeah, I think what's what's uh, key too, Dan, is the way you look at the um, investment. You're looking at it not on price but on value. Yeah. You you um, a lot of people get stuck on price. Like, right. oh my god, it's listed for six ninety nine, and you paid. What did are you offered? Sorry, eight forty one. Eight forty one because you were not concerned about the price you were looking at the value of that asset like based on if i pay x and then do this after all expenses this is going to be the additional income stream coming into mine and my family's life right good point and yeah that's by cover by doing your numbers and spreadsheets back in the spreadsheet thing uh, um, but by doing my spreadsheet and calculating what i can get for rent and doing the construction and now that i'm comf comfortable with it um yeah and it just made sense so that's you're right mike I, absolutely yeah. What, what are you scared of now? Nothing. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Watch out. Watch out. Oh, shit. That was a quick response. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Um, really? Sounds crazy to yeah. say that, but I mean, maybe not, I don't want to say foolish, but. Yeah. Um, I love it. You yeah. have to just, I guess, surround yourself with the right team, be comfortable and understand it and, and move forward. This is great. Um, I think yeah. the last couple of guests yeah. were, were similar. And I Fearless. think it's just this empowerment. When you have additional streams of income coming into your yeah. life, you feel like, yeah, I, you know, I, I got a couple safety nets behind me as opposed to the one job. Yes. And I'm glad you said that, actually, because even I said to you, Mike, uh, we went away this summer for a week, uh, week off. And uh, I normally always panic when I took a vacation in the car business because you, you take a week off, you lose your momentum. Now you got to set, so now that one week vacation turns into three weeks because you've lost your, your yep. momentum. You've, you've lost your income coming in for a month almost now at this point. So the fact that we got these properties and the, I know the way things have happened with COVID, you can't predict that, but we've got these properties, that value that's gone up, that nest egg is there. And so it just, you feel more comfortable. And once you feel more comfortable, just, I think you make better decisions. And I think it just lets you sleep well. Yeah. You know, you just sleep better. That, and I think you can look at your children a little easier knowing that yeah. you have this, mm -hmm. these assets that you can leave in their hands as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, once, once we leave, uh, depart this earth. And that's why we're all doing it too. Absolutely. Yeah. Could you imagine, Tom, uh, if we started now in regards to coming out of university, getting our first job and now trying to buy a home. If we go yeah. all the way back, it's those disaster. moves. Yeah. So the, the, your first home in Oakville, how much did that cost? Oh, my first Mississauga home, four or, bedroom, two car garage, $268,000. And what's it today? That one, I don't know. I think it's a million something. Yeah. I don't know. I've lost track of that Jeez. one. My first yeah. townhouse in Mississauga was 204, I think was the number. Yeah. 
Yeah. And incomes just haven't gone up to match. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. and you're kind of stuck in some job that you feel like, like if you have to kiss ass to keep the job, I know you were running your own business, but some corporate jobs, especially on the sales yeah. side, you kind of feel like you're always trying to, you're worried about losing your accounts, yeah. right? That's what you're doing. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, yeah. I, it, life could be so much better. Like it, it, I know people are probably sick of me talking about this, but I don't care. Mm -hmm. The money system is broken. If we fix the money, none of these issues. If I love the way Jeff Booth says it. If money is scarce, everything else is abundant. If money is abundant the way it has been, everything else is scarce. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. I just want to go back to scarce money. Let everything else be abundant. Let our savings go up in value. Let everybody live a good life. Why do these two people at the grocery store have to have this discussion? Mm -hmm. yep. If they had the ability to just save, they don't even have to worry about real estate. Yep. Like we're talking about real estate and people might think who are new to us think, oh, we're just talking about real estate. It's the best. No, we're just saying you have to kind of do this. You're forced to. Yep. We're not even kind of cheerleading real estate. We're just saying, hey, man, here's how the money system works. Yep. Here's one way to kind of circumvent some of the blasphemy that's in front of us. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and here's, you know, here's what to do about it, you know, and it just shouldn't be this way. And, and I think sometimes maybe that sounds oversimplified, but I don't think it is. Mm -hmm. I just think mm -hmm. that when, when a group of people can control the printing of money, yeah. it's wrong. Let the money be hard. Let everything else be around us uh, abundant. Let the money be scarce. Let everything else be abundant. I just kind of love that, that way to look at things. Yeah. Um, so Dan, I'm, I'm pumped for you, man, that you kind of went through this and listen, we're excited. You, you're working here now at rockstar. You're yeah. part of Mike's team. Mike's been with uh, Mike's like family here. Not that you're not like family, but you know, Mike's been with us for a long time. <laughs> I apparently owe him money. I owe you do. money. <laughs> it's yeah. exactly like family. <laughs> I think I owe you money. <laughs> uh, money hasn't told me yeah. apparently, you know, I'm drinking too much tequila. I owe the guy money. I actually owe you money. You know, what's coming to mind? The other money I owe you. Do you know what I'm thinking about? There's so many. Two hundred. Perfect. Oh shit! Yeah, there is one other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been letting that one linger. You forgot about it, eh? I have. Yeah, yeah. 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 Two hundred and fifty. Does that ring a bell? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, start, so start writing checks. Yeah. There, was, there was this other time we went to uh, as a team event. Another this, time? Yeah, the, Dude, bow, I never the bow and arrow. Anybody want, um, the bow and arrow. Okay. And uh, somebody said, "Hey, whoever can get a bullseye." You, I think you said it. Really? Yeah, we'll get a hundred bucks. Are you and making shit up right now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the first and, shot, no. But in all fairness, you try to give me the hundred bucks without even taking. Oh, it. So really? It was clearly a fluke shot. I was going to say, usually yeah. I have no debts. I pay my debts. <laughs> That's the thing. Apparently, it's not one hundred percent true. It's ninety nine percent true. It's not one hundred percent true. Okay. All right. Uh, um, but uh, Dan, yeah. when you're meeting, yeah. what is it like for you? You're meeting new rock star members now and investors and. You know, the, the fact that you guys are now working with these yeah. investors, you're meeting them and sitting down and taking them on the road. Yeah. What is that like? Like, yeah, is that it, the full circle moment? It, it is completely. Um, it, it's fun. It's exciting. It's it's uh, when Mike suggested that I get my license when we're going through all this with with the homes and uh, and I kind of a light bulb moment went off, I guess, at that time. And I figured, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy real estate. And I think that's the key thing. You, you really got to enjoy what you do. Um, so. I, I enjoy it. And once I once he he suggested that, I thought, wow, I think I'll go I'll go down this path. And now doing it, yeah, getting out there with the people, sharing my experiences with them, um, 
like I, I sh- when we're driving in those areas, I'll, sh- I'll drive by the house and explain the houses, what I've done. So actually illustrate what we've done there. So that must feel good. So it is. Yeah, it's fun. It's exciting. I feel good about it. And, and it's, it's real. Everything's real. And it's, it's enjoyable. So yeah, I love it, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's exciting. And yeah. Absolutely. That's cool. We're, we're, I mean, this whole business is built on just a bunch of us kind of all working together who have done something and then tried to help other Canadians do a similar thing. Yeah. Like no one here, it claims to be a rocket scientist or that we have all the answers. It's more just that between us, we have a good group of connections and network of lawyers and paralegals and contractors. And even they're not always perfect mortgage brokers. But when you run into a problem between us, you have access to a beautiful network that has your back. And if a problem does persist, we'll figure out a way to get through it together. And I think that's the biggest thing that we try to share with everyone, you know, and no one I think believes us. Everyone's like, okay, what are you guys really about? And I'm like, no, like we're we're really about this. I think people are definitely people are shy about it maybe, or they're, they're, yeah, maybe you're right. They don't believe maybe at the beginning. Um, But that's where they, they, they have to, they have to go through that rabbit hole, I guess, so to speak. They have to understand it. They have to get into it. They have to get involved. And whether it's watching the podcast, listening to the, 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 the emails, um, going through that. Like even with family, I talked to this about family and family is afraid. And, and now family is getting more, listening more. And, and now that I'm actually really involved and they see it, that it's it, this isn't Dan just talking. It's real. Um, and it, it just, everyone comes to a moment, whether they, they understand or don't, and whether they choose to or don't. I mean, everyone has a point. And you know, if you're listening to this and you, if you think you don't need to do something like this now to create another stream of income, I would challenge you to think again, because many people we see here at Rockstar wait until some life moment happens yeah. where they lose a job or they don't get the promotion that they thought they were going to get or something changes in their industry. Dan, yeah. right? Yeah. And then they take action. Yeah. And I would challenge you to not wait until you need to. Be proactive. Extrapolate your life. If you are 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old right now, extrapolate your life 10 years forward. Yeah. Would it be? Would it have been better to buy some assets that pay for themselves? Forget the appreciation. Just on the utility value of the asset itself, yeah. the income and the expenses. expenses. Would you like to own something like that? Would, it, would your life be better 10 years from now if you did? Don't when you, wait when 10 you years. could qualify. When you can't, a good yeah. point. I was yeah. going to say that too. You need a job to get, some, yeah, to yeah. get mortgages. Yeah. You got to do it while you have an income. Yeah, that's a really good point. In Canada, if, you, if you're not aware of this, the banks lend against the property, but they qualify you on your income. Yeah. So they're, they're lending to you based on your income. So many people will come to us and say, well, the property pays for itself. Why, why won't the banks give me a mortgage? It's just not the way that it works here in Canada. Yeah. They are lending based on your income. They are securing the mortgage yeah. on the asset. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of unfortunate. It would be nicer if we could just borrow based on the asset itself, but we can't. So, um, Mike, anything else coming to mind for, for you? If, if you're listening to this, so, you, so two things. You can come to the, the class that we do for new members, and you can register for that at CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. I don't usually share that on the podcast, but Dan, with you here, I just feel like, hey, listen, if you're building a retaining wall, if you are listening to this while you are being, building a retaining wall, you must register for the class right now, CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. Come to our introductory class. <laughs> you should not be building your own retaining walls at Wasega no. Beach. No. 
Well, if that's your thing, hey, listen, sometimes I think I've been, I was born to build rock walls in Croatia. Yeah. Just drink wine and build walls all day. <laughs> I, so, yeah, I really feel like I'm born to do that. It can be enjoyable. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's sunshine, olive trees outside, I'm eating some good meat, having, I go for a swim. You just eat a nest egg before you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Well, maybe some parts of Croatia, maybe you don't. You could live under a tree. Some Fair guy enough. we knew was uh, sleeping under a tree for a few days while we were there last time. And Mike's book, Wealth Won't Wait, if you're, you know, if, if you're not going to come to the class or you want to do both, Mike has this book. Dan, uh, I guess you didn't make the cut of the book, dude. You're not in the book. Mike didn't know you then or whatever. But if you want case studies of Canadians who are doing their thing, uh, Mike DeZormo has this book you can get on Amazon called Wealth Won't Wait. And the reason that I love talking about Mike's book is because Mike wrote it and it is full of stories of Canadians all around the greater Toronto area who are actually doing the things that Dan and Mike just spoke about. So you can pick up that book if you just want some more information, if you're still kind of teetering on this whole idea yep. and you're not sure if you should do it or not. So that's where to get that. Amazon for, for Mike's book, Wealth Won't Wait. And I think that's, uh, that's it. Anything else that you want to share, Dan? I think that's it for me. Yeah. yeah. And Dan's email address, I'll just hand them out. It's danj at rockstarbrokerage.com. Yes. Mike's email address is just Mike at rockstarbrokerage.com. After this, I'll be paying Mike because I want to clean up my debts. <laughs> so I just want to, I want to get that out of the way, clear up my debts. Don't want to have any more debts to Michael DeZormo. And uh, that's it. Hey, I appreciate this, guys. Thank you for sharing. And Dan, I mean that sincerely. You don't have to share your family's business and your story. And I really uh, think it's valuable when we all do that. Um, because there could be someone else listening there and, and your story can resonate with them and give them the confidence to take the next step. So yeah. thank you. You did not have to do this. No I problem. Really, really appreciate it. I'm glad I did. I'm happy. Yeah, happy cool. too. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Dan. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Hey, everyone. So hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Dan and Mike. Thank you, Dan. So, you know, we're just so grateful that you shared your story like that. Thank you, Mike, for being such a big part of this experience over the last decade and working with great people like Dan and helping them through this real estate adventure. And they're both part of the Rockstar team. If you want to track them down, you can um, find their information on the website, rockstarbrokerage.com. That's rockstarbrokerage.com. And that's it. If you are listening to this and you want some more information, but you don't know where to start, you can grab a free copy of the book, Income for Life for Canadians, at the URL, rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. And that's it with this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.